0: man. Well, guys, grab hold of a Bible if you want. Join us there in Proverbs chapter 8, or you can grab hold of the Bible study booklet journal that we've provided for you. Once more, just for the book of Proverbs, we're trying something a little bit different. We've provided for you a booklet that has the entire chapter of Proverbs chapter 8. We're only going to cover part of it this evening, so this will be the same booklet that you use next week if you so want to do so. And the intention is that it be something that you could just circle, mark up, more than I do on the screen. You could do so later again, continuing to just allow this to kind of permeate into your lives, and we're hoping uh, that it would meet you. So again, if you have one of those booklets, you can use it. If you need some, they're in the back, but we also just want to reach out again to you guys who are online and let you know that we have also provided a way for you to get a copy of this, that if you are wanting to join us tonight and you're wanting to use Uh, One of these Bible study booklets, you can go onto our website at Calvary Roswell. You would go under that and then just right there under the messages tab, tab, you click that and then there's a little download section there and you would be able to download the booklet tonight as a PDF. And so you could be able to follow along whether that's printing it out or using it on an electronic device, whichever would work well for you. Well, we're longing that in the midst of that, that God would just meet us, that he would meet us in his word this evening, as again, we want to see that which God has for us. So let's take a moment and let's ask him for that. I'm going to lead, but I'm hoping you would pray as well, that it would be a space this evening where we would find ourselves looking to God to speak to us, asking him to speak to us through his word. And I'm hoping and believing that that's exactly what will happen. And I believe that God is faithful. That he would do that if we're putting ourselves in that moment, that he would do it through something maybe I say, maybe a verse, maybe entirely outside of that. That the Holy Spirit would just draw your attention to something in the passage itself that would just scream into your world right now what he has for you. And I love that he does that. So would you join me right now? Let's ask him for that. God, thank you for this opportunity that we have right now to study your word together. That's powerful. Your word is good. It's a light unto our path, you tell us. God, I believe that, and I'm asking that you would make it so. That you indeed would give us ears to hear. That you would open up our understanding that we could comprehend your truth. And then I am asking, Lord, for that work that is yours. That you would cause your presence to be known. And in your presence, you would speak to us. You would show us something that is exactly what we needed to hear tonight. God, by the power of your spirit, would you do that in ways that are just undefinable on any human equation, that you would do what only you can do and meet your people here fully? I ask for that right now as we just commit this evening and trust our lives into your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Proverbs, it is a book of wisdom. It is a book that opens up to us wisdom, and I think there's not anybody here in this room right now that that's not exactly what you need, wisdom. Wisdom could be defined as knowing the right thing to do at the right time in the right way, in the right measure, in the right means. Wisdom is being able to navigate our lives well, in that sense of being able to do the right thing, choose the right thing, make the right decisions, see the right things before us, and do those things. Now, I lay that out to you this evening, and I don't even know if that just lands right there, but I'm hoping it does, because here's again what I know there really is not anybody right here now that you would say, well, I don't need that. You know, like, like that's, not, that's not my world. I don't have any problem that I need wisdom. I got it all figured out. I know exactly how to handle everything that's happening right now in my world. I know that's not true. But sometimes our way of handling that isn't to look for the wisdom that God is so offering. But tonight I'm telling you, he is. He's laying his wisdom, telling us that he would help you and I know how to do the right things at the right time, in the right measure, to the right extent, and to navigate the world that is around our lives. And that's what he's holding out to us. In fact, even as we begin here in Proverbs 8, it is really one of those places that it tells us there in verse 1, does not wisdom cry out? And understanding lift up her voice." So these early chapters of the book of Proverbs that really run through next week, when we get to Proverbs, well, sorry, the week after that, when we get to Proverbs 9 and, and, and get to see the things that are there. They are chapters that are kind of inviting us into all of these things. This chapter finds itself as the third of four wisdom poems. Wisdom poems that presents wisdom as a personification of lady wisdom. It's not you know, genuine, There's not really a, a, a lady wisdom, it's a personification of God's wisdom that would speak into our lives. Now, quick FYI, if you're looking for it, you can quickly flip to the backside of your booklet and there we have this little image from the Bible Project that did this and we went over this, we watched this whole video in the first week and if you're interested and you didn't see that, you can go and get it on YouTube and just look up Proverbs in the Bible Project and you'd find it. But I draw your attention down to the, the, the left side of it over there where it lets us know in these early sections, for starters, we get 10 speeches of a father to his son, and we covered that in these last, section, last sections. We've seen all 10 uh, of these talks, these father-son talks. But then again, it also lets us know that there are these four kind of wisdom poems that run from Lady Wisdom. And if you're looking there again, I just want to point it out so you could see it. They're all listed for you there on that. Uh, one of them was in chapter one. One of them was in chapter three, and then the, second, the last two find themselves in Proverbs 8 and then Proverbs 9, that are these personifications of wisdom. Again, this picture of wisdom as this woman is just reaching out and speaking to us and inviting us into the things that God has for us. So as we think about that, maybe one of the easiest things that you need to understand is how each one of these poems are saying a very similar thing. Much like the father-son talks where all this picture of a father longing for the best for their son, and, and we talked about hearing it that way, every one of the wisdom poems really is this place of an open invitation to us, an invitation for us to receive and to recognize how available, how accessible, how possible it is. For us to have this, to to be able to walk into that. And so every one of the poems is a way of showing that to us and giving it to us in a way that, again, is meant to understand us. Now, we think about that, and maybe it's just good for us to pause before we dive into it to say, when we think about this, the wisdom that God is speaking about here in the book of Proverbs, it is God's wisdom. It is the wisdom that God would give us, and that's an important distinction because not everything that calls itself wisdom is God's wisdom. I mean, that should be probably clearly understood, but I love the way James gives it to us. James in James chapter 3 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his wisdom are done in the meekness of wisdom. I'm sorry, that his works are done in the the meekness of wisdom. He says, okay, if you think, okay, well, I I have some wisdom or God's kind of, I think I'm getting wisdom and handling the situations that are in front of me. He says, then make sure that that wisdom that you're walking in, it's distinguished by this. It's distinguished by showing the meekness that comes from God's wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. He says, if the thing that is driving your decisions right now is Selfishness, this place where you're just self seeking, or it's envy, it's jealousy, it's kind of that place of wanting what other people have, he says, that's not God's wisdom. That's not the wisdom. He says, and if you think that God is giving you that wisdom, you're lying. You're boasting against the truth, which is just, that's a James kind of way of saying it right in our face. Like, hey, that's not true. Quit lying about it. That's not God's wisdom. That wisdom, he says, does not descend from above, it is earthly sensual, demonic. Probably what James is saying in this moment is that it's from one of those other sources, that if your wisdom isn't God's wisdom and you're trying to navigate your world and it's self-seeking and envy, it comes either from the earth, that it's worldly wisdom, or it comes from your senseless, your your flesh, or it's demonic one of those other sources. I mean, there's, if, if it's not God's wisdom, if it's creating selfishness and self-seeking and envy, he says it's not coming from God. It's either earthly, sensual, or demonic. For wherever envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So incredibly simple and true. Where that worldly wisdom, fleshly wisdom, demonic wisdom reside, it creates a mess. It creates a mess confusion, evil things that are there, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. This is the wisdom that God is offering to us, the wisdom that comes from God, that Proverbs is letting us know is possible in our lives. It's going to look like this, it's not going to be self-seeking. It's not going to be envy. It's not going to have all of that stuff. That's not God's wisdom. If you're navigating your life in some worldly-wise way, and it's creating confusion, confusion. Just recognize that's not God. That is not what. That's not what He's offering to you. He's offering you a wisdom that's beautiful that's peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, full of good fruits, no partiality, without, without hypocrisy. It's a beautiful wisdom that comes from God, that he's offering to you and he's offering to me. Well, again, that's the point. That's much of what we want to talk about this evening is he's just laying it out for us. And so I'm going to do this. I'm going to just underline a few phrases that kind of just speak to that, that show us um, even kind of how that's reaching out to us. And you can underline these or differently if it so works in your life. But I just started there at the very beginning. Does not wisdom cry out? And you almost have to imagine this for a moment just this place where it's just speaking loudly, that it is in this place that is crying out and, and understanding that it just lifts up her voice in that sense. goes on in verse two and tells us, she takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths beat. This wisdom that God is offering us, it's, it's there. It's as if speaking from the hills around us, from the hills that are crying out for us. She takes her stand there, but it's not just there. It's also beside the way. I mean, it's in the very courses of life that are laid out to us. It's in the very roads that we'd be walking down. It's right there where the choices are being made. It says, you know, this wisdom that God is offering is just beautifully would speak into our lives. In verse 3, it says, She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city and at the entrance of the doors. And so, for simplicity, I'm just going to underline the idea of gates. And under the, that line, the idea of doors. So he's kind of piling up these descriptions that are meant to cause you just to see for a moment. And if you've underlined these in these verses, you could just kind of look back over it and say, okay, it's on top of thy hill. It's in the, in the past, in the very ways that we meet. It's at the gates. It's at the doors. What's he communicating? What's he telling us about God's wisdom? In the most simple way, it is what we've already started to understand is how accessible this is, that God is making his wisdom accessible to each and every one of us. If God's wisdom only existed on that proverbial hill, you know, in Nepal kind of thing, it's like, okay, you're going to have to go up this huge hill and there's, there's going to be this wisdom at top of it. The reality is that would leave most of us out. We'd be like, well, I can't go. You know, like, I don't have the ability to do that. And, like, how, how many times can I go up this, you know, hill in, in, in you know, some foreign national place? I mean, if that's where wisdom's found, I'll never find it or very rarely be there. If wisdom took, you know, going to some... Far off place, going you know over the ocean or up a mountain or to the other side of the country. Well, one more time, it would be in this place where we would say, "Great, I'm glad somebody can go get it, but I can't." But God's going out of His way to say, "I have put this right before you. I, 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 it's screaming at you. It's lifting up its voice to you. Uh, You know, it's it's crying out on the hills. It's crying out in the very paths of life." is crying out to you, and every gate and every door, there's a sense of just understanding that when we think about what God is speaking to us, it's made available to us. It's made available to you. It's made available to you that God is offering you something, and it's possible. It's capable for you to fully kind of hear that, and and Him to give you wisdom, in the situations that you're going through, the situations that you're facing. David Guzik, in his commentary on this, says it this way. The important point is that wisdom is for ordinary people. She is not confined to the academic classroom or to sacred precincts of the temple. It's not as if, you know, well, only certain people can go and get this. I mean, this wisdom is for everybody. It's for ordinary people. It's for us. He goes on to say, She is not a high atop some mountain where only the hardest and most determined will find her. To the contrary, she wants to attract all and be accessible to all. You need to believe that. I just want to tell you it's possible. So that if you're here this evening and I talk about wisdom, knowing the right thing to do at the right time, at the right way, in the right measure, if that sounds like something, well, that would be good for somebody else other than me. Like that's going to be good for some, you know, academic person in, in, in college. That's going to be good for some, you know, spiritual guru kind of thing. Then you've missed the point. God's making this for you. He says, you can have it. I'm, 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 I'm crying out to you. It's so available and accessible in the very spaces of your life for everyone. For, again, as David Guzik said, for ordinary people like you and like me. That's exciting. I mean, that's meant to be exciting where we look upon this and say, that makes this something for you and for me. So he adds to this and lets us know what this looks like. We turn the page and again, just emphasizing that same reality, he tells us this. He just wants to let us know of what I'm going to call the possibility of God's wisdom. Just notice it there in verse 4 and 5. He says, to you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence. You fools, be of an understanding heart. So again, just to do a little underlining, he says, I'm speaking to you. This is to you, Omen. This is for each and every one of us. He says, this is for you. My voice is to the son, sons of men, those who are simple. And simple is not an insult. It's not a, a dig into somebody's mental capability. When Proverbs use the idea of simple, it's the idea of you don't have it. Like, you don't know. Like, you, you, you lack the wisdom that's needed. You, you lack, it's not as if it's there and you just forgot to tap into it. You're like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. He says, if you're simple, or even if you are living foolishly, even if right now you're, you're, you're choosing to walk in the wisdom of the world or the wisdom of your flesh or the wisdom of the devil, he says it's to you that God is holding this out to you. And in the most simple ways, again, that just puts this opening here to say, that could be me, and that could be you. There could be wisdom God would offer to us wisdom. He he would give us wisdom to be able to navigate this world that is so upside down at times. But wisdom that he would speak to us that is possible to be a part of your life, possible to be in that place of drawing you to everything that he has for us. So with this accessibility, this possibility of you and I understanding wisdom, it just kind of takes a moment to articulate some of what that would be. And he uses some words that will help us to kind of gaze at wisdom and think through what he's holding out to us. Notice with me what it says in verse 6. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. So this wisdom that's accessible, this wisdom that's possible for you begins to just help us know how good it is. This depth of wisdom, this beauty, this excellence of wisdom, we'll kind of just say it, since he uses the word "excellent" there, I'll just kind of give it a phrase there, the excellency of God's wisdom. And in this section, I just want you to go through and kind of underline those words that define that, that that look at what that looks like, that even there in verse 6 and 7, if you want to just take a quick moment, just go through there and and look through, find the words that describe wisdom, and then the words that are opposite that. Hey, you take a moment. Just read over it for a second. Look at those and kind of just point out a few more. It'll actually go um, all the way to verse 9. You know, just, I'm sorry, verse 8. Just, it really kind of you know, helps us to understand just this beautiful place of the excellency of God's wisdom. Noticing what it is and what, is it, what it isn't. So, just very quickly. Again, much more depth we could go into. He says, this is going to be excellent, that these things are going to be things that excel. He says, yeah, I'm going to speak to you, and they're going to be excellent things. They're going to be things that are, are, are just surpassing in that way. They're going to be right things. It, it, when, it, when he opens up to us wisdom, it's knowing how, the right thing to do at the right time in the right way, right? It is that place where he says in verse 7, my mouth will speak truth. That his wisdom will be that which is true. Not just because it's relevant or anything that the world would say. Wisdom. He says, I'm going to show you what is true. I'm going to show you what, what's good there. And he shows us what it's not. And so he says, my mouth will speak truth, wickedness is an abomination to my lips, and so I'm just going to kind of cross out the word wickedness there, because saying it's not that. God, God, God would never, when he opens up wisdom to us, he would never encourage us. He's never going to be that place where it would speak to us and invite us into doing wrong. This is a very abomination. It, the wisdom that God would speak to us would never do that. Going on in verse 8, he says, all the words of my mouth are with righteousness. And I just like the, that phrase, all of them. All of his words, all the words of wisdom that they're, they are right. They, they, they draw us to righteousness. They draw us to all that God has. And so again, just giving us that positive and then it gives us some negative. Nothing crooked or perverse in them. So again, you can just kind of cross out nothing but, you know, crooked and nothing that's perverse. It would never be. Then that's, again, maybe sounds so simple. Maybe it says, you know, something that we would think, well, yeah, of course. Would to God that it would be so. Would to God that it would be so. The, the sad reality is that, again, many people do exactly what James said not to do. He says if your wisdom is self-seeking and envious and it's creating confusion and all that stuff, you just need to quit lying to yourself is not God. That's not his wisdom. His wisdom would never be, I should do something morally incorrect. I should do something crooked. I should do something perverse. Prayed about it. God wants me to do it. Prayed about it. And I think I'm supposed to to go down that road. He says he would never, that's never going to be his wisdom. It's not just that some of his wisdom, again, I like the all-inclusive there. All of the words of his mouth are righteousness. There's nothing crooked. There's nothing perverse in them. It's excellent. The wisdom that he's offering out to us is something that's both beautiful and holy and right and good. Wow. As he offers that to us and tells us how excellent it is, again, he holds it out to us so that makes sure that we understand we could get it. It says, these are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. And I'm just going to underline a couple of phrases. These are all plain. These are all plain to him who understands. These are right. And the phrasing here is kind of saying the same thing that we've been saying. I think that you get it. God's not going to make this too complicated for you to understand. His wisdom will be plain to you. There's a beautiful promise in this, by the way. It's a beautiful promise of both what God's wisdom is and in his ability to communicate to you so that you don't find it to be like, well, that's a, I, it's just too complicated. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I, I can get to that space. He says, no, I'm, I'll make it plain. It'll make plain to you. If it, when God's wisdom opens up to us, it's right to those who, who find knowledge. It's, it, it's clear. It's understandable. And I just want to say how beautiful this is and just speak it to you right now. You know, I think that that's probably, for many of you, even a little bit why you're here, because you believe this, that somehow you've come to believe that it's possible for you to understand and comprehend the things that God wants to get for you. I just want to tell you, that's a beautiful reality. You know, it, it's a scary space where, you know, culture as well as his false teaching can sometimes seek to do a work on our minds that talks about, like in Hebrews, that we become those who are only spoon-fed. That you know, just those who only have that stuff given to them that other people have thought through, without actually kind of appealing to us in a way that would say, you know, you can get this. This is possible for you. Like this isn't something just for pastors or you know, Bible college students or you know, people who have some PhD in Greek or Hebrew. This is possible for you. There's not anybody that you should look at this and think, well, I'm glad somebody understands I never could. God says, I'll make it plain for you. I will will communicate it to you in a way that will open up your understanding. And again, that's the amazing thing. And I believe in part, you know that. I believe, again, for some of you, there's no reason you'd be here if you didn't believe that. Nevertheless, I know it needs to go further. Because sometimes we just begin to just think, well, you know, it's." that's stuff for other people, that's stuff for smart people, not for me, and and yet God wants you to understand his truth, he wants you to understand his wisdom, he wants you to understand what that would look like for you, and he's telling you how available he makes it, which is amazing, which is absolutely beyond any description, one of the most wonderful things that God would make his truth known to you, I love that, love that he does this, So he calls us out to this. He calls us to understand that. And he tells us then in verse 10, receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. So now that he's told us how accessible it is, he's telling us, don't choose anything else. Don't go to, don't go to, if this is possible for you, put a value on knowing what God has for your life in such a way that you put that higher than other places. And so he uses these pictures of this idea, hey, you could receive this instruction and you want to do this in a place that you would understand how rich this is. You would understand how how much this would bring you into that space. He says, receive that instruction and not silver. Don't, Don't choose that. Receive that knowledge rather than choice gold. He says, if you have this choice, okay, I could have God's wisdom, or I could go against God's wisdom and get rich, have gold or silver. He says, choose wisdom. It's a better course for you. It's a better course. You receive this. You put this above the the treasures of this world. You put this wisdom that God has for you higher than that. Verse 11 continues it in the next page. For wisdom is better than rubies. Like what God would have for you, it's, it's better than the treasure that the world would offer, better than all the, the, the sparkly just things that the world makes available to us. And all the things that one may desire cannot be compared with her. I'm just going to circle that whole little paragraph there, that whole little sentence, uh, just in that sense of saying, hey, there's not anything. There's not anything that would say that should make you choose the world's wisdom, fleshly wisdom, demonic wisdom, thinking that maybe that would advance you further in life than what God has for you, says there's nothing. God's wisdom made available to you would bring you into the life that he has for you. And just to value, just to say, okay, that's worth knowing. That's, That's worth having. I mean, that would make it so incredibly good. So we began talking about just how rich that wisdom was and what it was, and so now he just dives back into that reality. He's kind of weaving around this same thought of just holding out to you and I what this could be in our lives, and so I'm going to kind of give a little title to this section. I'm just using little phrases that work for me that in these next couple of verses, he talks about just the depth of that. We, We talked about how excellent God's wisdom was, but now he's going to use words that just help us to understand what that would look like. So again, if you just want to underline the words that define that, just notice what he says. Verse 12, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. So so wisdom is this. It is that that gives us prudence. It is that that gives us knowledge. It is that that gives us discretion. So the first three are found here. Maybe just quick definitions are helpful. I mean, you can spend a much more time on them, by the way, just getting them in the midst of it. Prudence, it has the idea of being careful, being circumspect. That it has the idea of being able to navigate life in a way that is cautious, careful, and not making a misstep. For whatever it's worth, whenever I think of the idea of circumspect, I tend to think almost in visual pictures. I think of kind of navigating through a minefield. Like being able to navigate this without blowing up kind of an idea. Like, okay, like, I want, I need to be prudent where my steps fall because there are things that could just absolutely destroy. Well, he says, that's all I'll give you. I'll help you be circumspect. I'll help you be able to navigate life in a way that you won't make missteps. I'll give you knowledge, he says. That knowledge would be that place of learning or insight. Really, it is the word just for knowledge. That there would be things that you would know that you didn't know that God's wisdom would open up for you. It would be that that would give you discretion. And discretion has the idea of being discerning, being shrewd, a little bit different than the idea of of being circumspect. It has the idea of being able to see things. And just be able to say, you know, I don't. That doesn't look right. You know, I mean, discernment has the idea that sometimes you are able to recognize um, falseness. I mean, the Bible talks about having discernment. It has the idea that you kind of recognize that, you know, Satan's a liar. Our world is so filled with lies. You're able to look past and go, that that's just not true. That that's and you get, there's a discernment that is able not to find yourself falling, uh, you know pray to every scheme that the world would so often bring. He says, I'll give you that kind of discretion so that you'd be able to have that. And then he gives my favorite definition in all the book of Proverbs. He just says, it's the fear of the Lord. He says, it would be that to you, that the wisdom that he's offering to us. In fact, he's already said it, and I'll say it again and again in Proverbs. The fear of the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom. It's the foundation of wisdom. It's recognizing there is a God. There's only one God. And I'm living my life in light of, there is a God. (laughs) I mean, that should change everything I do. He says, that's wisdom. Wisdom is being able to see that and live your life in light of that reality of who he is. Well, as he gives it to us that way, again, giving it to us positively, once more, he gives us some opposites, things that would be not the wisdom that God gives. So the fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. So again, I'm just going to go through and kind of mark those out. He says, okay, it's not going to be evil. (laughs) He would never, draw us to do that, which is wrong. It's not going to be prideful. It's not going to be this place, and the idea of pride here is this self-centered, it's all about me, you know, I'm the center of the world kind of thing, and locking it into arrogance. Arrogance has the idea not just of that, but it's at me looking down on you, it's like I'm putting myself above others. I, I'm arrogant. I, I, I see myself as, as above all of those things. He says it's not going to be that. He says it's not going to be the evil way. It's not going to be a course that would go in the wrong way. And it's not going to be perverse. It's not going to have this deceptive, perverse, lie, deception kind of thing. He says that's not what this would be. He says what God is offering to us would never be that. What he's going to give us is altogether different than that. Going back to positive, he says it in verse fourteen, counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. So again, if you're just kind of underlining, you can just say, okay, it's going to be counsel, it's going to be sound wisdom, it's going to be understanding, and it's going to be strength. He says, Here's what my wisdom would be for you. So it's not all, it's all those things we just talked about a moment ago, this discretion, this ability to make good decisions, growing in knowledge, but it's also this idea of counsel. And the idea of counsel has the idea of of wise planning, of purposes. Sometimes that's seen in, in the multitude of counselors. Proverbs will talk to us about that idea that we're kind of drawn into this place of being able to make a good plan in those ways in the midst of what he has. He says, that's what I'll give you. And it would be sound wisdom. Sound has the idea of it's successful. It really does work. I mean, God's not offering us something that um, doesn't work and doesn't bring about it. The idea of sound wisdom is it's it's true and it's effective and it causes those things in our lives. It's this place where we have understanding, which is comprehension, which is a little different than knowledge. Knowledge is what he said a moment ago in the the verses before. This says, I'll give you knowledge. He says, I'm going to give you not just knowledge, but the ability to comprehend it so that you can see those things that are there. And that would be strength to you. That would be power. That would be the things that would help you not only know the right thing to do, but the ability to do it. The ability to say, okay, that's what, because that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowing the right thing and being able to do that. He says, I'll give you that. I mean, that's what God is offering to us. That's what God is making available to each and every one of us. That's what he's speaking out to us. As he calls us out to those, he just again speaks of how effective this is. He gives it to us this way in verse 15. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, and all the judges of the earth. Not spending a bunch of time here, because in some ways we, we think about what it is. He just says, okay, kings can reign. Like kings can have that and they can decree justice. Like there would be a sense if somebody is doing well in leadership, whether it be a king or whether it be a ruler, he says, that wisdom is mine. He says, by me princes rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. Once more just saying, if this happens, and it's available to all, if somebody's making the right decision in the right way at the right time, and they're doing so, it's God's wisdom. That's what he's doing, and it's available to all. this is these who, just in any space where they have this kind of ability to make decisions or lead or, or be rulers, he says, it, it would be that that would bring that about, and God's offering that. I mean, I don't know about you. That just sounds really, really exciting, and by the only one, and maybe this is the wrong thing to say at this moment, but I mean, the only one is like, oh, would to God that it would be so. I mean, If this is so available, if God is offering wisdom to any that would hear him, you know, I think about the world in which we live right now, and so many that seem to be in positions of power, and sometimes you you hear the things that they they decide, you think, that's not wisdom, (laughs) that's not pure, that's not right, that's wrong, it's like, oh, but it's so available, it's not that they couldn't have it, God is offering it to all, and when it's done well, it would be those. So he returns again to this place, where he's appealing to us, and he's just letting us know, hey, this is possible for you. So he says it to us this way, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. It's a great verse. Sometimes God uses this verse in seeking him. You know, if we would draw near to him, he'd draw near to us. That's true. That if we'd seek him with all our heart, we'd find him. That's true. But this, again, is not just that. This is wisdom. This is the personification of wisdom that's telling us that it would be possible for it to be their way in our lives, that he's telling us if we would seek God's wisdom, then we'll find it. If we would seek it, we would find it. Now, we've said that same thing all over the place this evening, trying to tell you that this is possible for you, that there's not any here this evening that God would say, this works for somebody else. This doesn't work for you. That's not what he's saying. He says, if you would seek it, you would find it. If you would love it, if you would say, God, I I, I want to know. I I want to know what you would want me to do. I want to know what the right things are. I want to know how to do the right things. I want to know when to do that. I want to know what measure. He says, if you would do that, if you would seek it, if you would seek it diligently, you would find it. So I'm just going to underline it in different colors. He says, you know, if you would seek it, you would find it. If you you would walk in those things, he says, then I would love that. And it is wisdom. I love anybody who, who, who values what I have to offer. And all who seek it will find. Is that not good news? It is. It is good news for you. Because... God keeps his promises. There's not anybody, there's not anybody who would want God's wisdom, who would put themselves in a place of saying, God, I want to seek you. I want to seek what you want from my life. I want to seek what you want me to do. I want to seek how that to happen. There's not anybody that would be, well, he doesn't, it obviously doesn't work for me, I mean, I must not be smart enough. I must not be talented enough. I must not have done enough to earn that. The God of the universe is making this a part of our world and making this available. That wisdom, that it, what James would say would be that wisdom that would come from above. That God would say it there in the book of James. If any of you lack wisdom, ask. Ask of me, and I will give it to you abundantly. I will give it to you with, 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 with no shame, with no rebuke. I mean, there would be a pouring out of God's wisdom. It is possible. I mean, it is incredibly possible. So he kind of just begins to tie some of these thoughts together that we've been talking about all the evening, where he says, riches and honors are with me, and enduring riches and righteousness. Like, if you could get a hold of wisdom, it would be riches, it would be this place of, of knowing riches. It would be this place of knowing honor. And I like that he comes back to it. It's enduring riches. What I would say is eternal riches, not the temporal you know, glitz and glamour of this world. He says you would have this, and it would be righteousness. This is, this is what God is holding out to us. This is what God would say is possible for all that he has for us. Verse 19 for my fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Kind of repeating what we saw a moment ago, like this is better than anything else the world would give us. He says it this way in verse 20 I traverse the way of righteousness, and in the midst of the, path, and in the, midst of the paths of justice. This is where it's found. He's telling us this is where this could be, this wisdom is in this place that is in the the course that is doing the right thing, In, in this past that is justice, that he would be the one that would bring this about. And I find myself thinking about all that that is, and in the midst of that, just thinking of what that looks like. You know, in one sense, we have this Old Testament, just kind of picture that's happening in this, and we can say, okay, where you find this wisdom is in that way of righteousness, and where you find this wisdom is in the midst of the paths of justice. So let's kind of just ask the question in a different way. Where's the way of righteousness today? Where is the path of justice for you and I? Where, where is that found? And the simple answer is that we know it is really in Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's, it's the path that's there. In fact, I really love the way it says it in Colossians, where Paul is writing there, and he's so concerned for those in Colossae. He says, I just want you to know Christ. I, I, I long for you to, to, to have this. I long for you to have Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, that God has incredible wisdom for us. He has incredible knowledge, but it's in Christ. I mean, that's where it's found. You don't get it outside of this. I mean, it's all there in Jesus, that knowing Jesus, finding him is that. He goes on to say, but beware, beware with anyone, cheat you through philosophy or empty deceit, or according to the tr- tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So he's speaking about this picture of wisdom. He says, one of the things you're going to be aware of is that there are so many other things that call themselves wisdom in our world. They say, hey, this is the way you should lose your, lose your life. He says, you need to be aware because if it's coming in this you know, worldly philosophy or it's gonna come in a lie or these traditions of men or just the basic principle of the world where people say, well, it's just, you know, it's kind of the way it's always been done. You know, this is the way we, you know, this is the way I've been taught. He says, that's, if it takes us away from Christ, if, if the way of righteousness is Jesus, then that's where this wisdom is found. For in him, he goes on to say, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, that that which he is offering for us is fully found in Jesus. You know, I think about that, and in one sense, it's such a, that's not the right way to say it. I want to say simple truth, basic truth, and that's true, but it's beyond that. But it's something that I I find myself thinking, for many of you, you know it. I mean, If if we really talked about it right now, you'd say, okay, yeah, I get it. I mean, Jesus is the only way. He's the truth. He's the life. I mean, that's what Jesus said. That's what the scriptures say. And that's true. But there's a disconnect that sometimes happens. And again, not with everybody, but with some of us, where we take that as religious wisdom. Like, okay, that's what's going to save my soul is Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And that's true. He's the only way to get to to God. He's the only access. So that if you're here tonight or you're online right now and you don't know Jesus, there is no other way. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We can only come through him. And if that's not the path that you're on, then you need to be on that path tonight. And we plead with you to be on that path. But here's my warning. See, some of you are on that path, kind of. You're on that path in the sense that you would say, well, Jesus is my Savior. He paid the price for my sin, but life, the way I live my life, well, you know, the Bible's not as relevant into our world as other things are. And I really, you know, I'm trying to, you know, navigate my business. I'm trying to navigate my family. And so I have to look to a lot of other sources of wisdom because, you know, that works, you know, in in the pages of the Bible. But in actual life, maybe not, you might find yourself saying. And I just want to say in the most simple way, nothing could be farther from the truth. Jesus is our Savior, but he's our life. And so what Paul is saying, I'm so concerned about you. I'm concerned that that you would look to something else to help you make the choices that you're making. That you would let something else become that wisdom that would be a part of that. And so here in Proverbs 8, that's exactly what it's been telling us. It's telling us, hey, there's all these other courses, stay away from them. And then letting us know how accessible this wisdom is for us. That it's found there in the paths of righteousness. That the wisdom for our lives that would give us wisdom and knowledge and discernment and, and the ability to make right choices and rescue us from wrong choices. It's right there. He kind of ends this part of that section, and we'll pick up chapter eight next week in the next verse, but I just love the way he says it here. He says, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. So I'm just going to circle that whole uh, sentence there, but I want to just lean into it just for a moment. It's one of my favorite ways when God communicates this. He says, I'm going to cause it. If you, if you would love me, if you would live for me, I will cause this to happen in your life. I will cause just this, just this inheritance to fill your treasuries. And again, he's not talking about silver or gold because he already told us, hey, choose the wisdom that is better than that. But what he's saying to us is everything we've said all night. This could be for you. This would be for you, that God would cause you to get it that he and his strength and his power and his might would help you understand and to make good choices and wise choices and navigate life wisely, that he's holding that out for you. And I hope that you feel it because everything that's in this wisdom poem, in fact, in all four wisdom poems, that's the fundamental message of each one of them. How accessible, how available, is god's wisdom for his people that he would cause us to know it you know we give you lots of spaces where you could maybe you know at the bottom of your pages where little boxes and stuff and we've kind of communicated throughout it that's a place for you to make extra notes put extra stuff later, or even maybe to draw, put it to a drawing. Sometimes people do that and kind of just think that through. And so I thought I would kind of close this evening with one that is, again, from one I shared with you last time from the, there's a whole website called Doodle Through the Bible, where they just kind of every chapter kind of take it. And I liked the one they did here, kind of giving us this picture and almost using that picturesque idea of of this mountain. It's like, hey, if you'd seek this, if you would go there, you'll find it. Just quoting there from verses one through three, does not wisdom call? and understanding lift up her voice. On the top of the heights, beside the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Besides the gates, at the opening to the city, at the entrance of the door, she cries out, O naive ones, understand prudence. O fools, understand wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. I love those who love me. And those who diligently seek me will find me. That's good news. So we end this evening just encouraging you to believe it. Believe that God is offering wisdom to you. That you can do what James says. Do you lack wisdom? Are you, are you struggling with knowing what to do, how to do it, the right way to handle things, God says, ask me, ask me, because I give it. That's exactly what I do for people just like you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for just the incredible promise you hold out to us, how accessible you make your wisdom for every one of us, for ordinary people, as it were, God, thank you what that means to me, what it means to us here this evening. God, I want to believe you. I want to believe that you keep your promises, that you're telling us, that if we would seek this wisdom that you are offering, we would find it. God, I ask that you just draw us after that. You draw us to Jesus. You would draw us to Jesus, you being the source of our lives, the wisdom for our, our days. God, thank you so much for this. Now speak hope into our lives. Speak that encouragement that would cause each of us to know how available, how accessible your truth is, your wisdom to us, and help us to live our lives looking and seeking your wisdom. I ask for that for me and for all of us now in Jesus' name. Amen, hey, amen,